Welcome back. As the IFC presents another episode of the Individuation Podcast, and the first of 2023. My name is James Malamus. We've got a great episode for you. The crew is all back today as Dr. Ahab Al Samurai, Dr. Eric Tomlinson, and Dr. Lisa Hong begin a new series called The Shadow Series. In part one, we will go over the unknown other. If you enjoy the IFC's Individuation Podcast and want to support, make sure to rate the podcast five stars on iTunes and wherever you get your podcast. So without any further ado, Dr. Al Samurai, take it away. Welcome back to another episode, another season of the IFC's Individuation Podcast. I'm Dr. Lahab Al Samurai, and with me today, the Wrecking Crew. They're all back and excited for a new year, I think. One of them is waving. So, without further ado, Dr. Eric Tomlinson's with us and his cat. I don't know the name of the cat. And Dr. Lisa Hong is with us also. So, Lisa, how are you doing? I'm doing good. It's New Year. I am glad to be looking forward to 2023. Let's get started. Let's get started. Dr. Eric, how are you doing? Doing okay, sir. Um, It's a joy to see you and Lisa after a couple of weeks off. Yeah. And to have an hour and a gosh, an hour and 15 minute discussion before we get going is always educational, at times exhilarating, um, at times spiritual at times logical and practical um, and at other times cosmic oriented. You just sound right silly. Well, that's just, uh, now I have to live up to that. Wait a minute. I try to live up to the cosmic part. I'm just being honest in telling you what I actually think. It's it's my shadow. Okay. But I mean that. It comes from my shadow because my, my, my ego would say, of course. But well, my shadow goes, no, okay. don't say those things about well, it. Well, damn it, mm. I mean it. And it's, it, it's, I've been charged. I've been low energy all day. And now I feel charged up from the hour and 15 minutes discussion that we had before we ju- you just clicked on. So put that in your pipe and smoke it, as we say down here in Florida. Okay. So as we smoke on this today, what are we going to cover Today, we're going to talk about things that we're going to smoke. No, we're going to talk about the shadow. The shadow, what it, what the shadow is, how the shadow, what is this complex called the shadow? What it, what, why, why is it there? What's the purpose of this complex? How does it function in the world? Because when we want to take you on a journey in a series that we would like to do with you, starting out in our fourth season. And the journey we'd like to take is to use Mindhunter, the series on Netflix for two seasons, to help you understand how the shadow, the ego, the persona, how these... Jungian terms apply to understanding of their psychology, of the way they function, 
of why they function the way they do. So we want to get into a conversation about how the shadow and the persona are, the term is ego alien to um, the ego. So the shadow and the persona are ego alien to the ego. Hmm. Okay, what does that mean? So it's kind of weird. <clears throat> so if you want to read more extensively about this, um, please um, pick up a copy of Dr. Murray Stein's um, One of the of best the books. One of the best books I've ever read, Dr. Lahab. It's quite brilliant. And we and uh, we use a lot of Dr. Stein's uh, understanding of analytical psychology to explain um, certain very complicated compl uh, phenomena psychologically. And if I may, Dr. Lahab, I've never had the chance to do this publicly, but now I have the opportunity. So strike while the iron is hot. Um. Because of you, I was able to undergo two years of analysis under Dr. Murray Stein. That was because of you. He okay. had a he had a waiting list that was about from Florida to California, and you got me in there and he helped me understand my anima. Um, probably more than I had at that point in time than anybody. And that's all because of you. And I, I, I know I've told you before, but never said it publicly. I'm extremely grateful that you connected me with him. Well, we are grateful for Dr. Stein. Um, so thank you, Lahab. Dr. Um, Lahab. I appreciate it. Thank you, Dr. Eric. Um, so I wanted to go into um, Young's Map of the Soul, and um, I wanted to take out a part, um, or quote a part, actually. I'll just read it out from Dr. Stein's book. This is on page 108, and this is the quote that I'm going to read out. This is Dr. Stein. What ego consciousness rejects becomes shadow. What it is positively accepts and identifies with, absorbs into itself, becomes a part of itself and of the persona. The shadow is characterized by the traits and qualities that are incompatible with the consciousness of the ego and the persona. The shadow and the persona are both ego alien persons that inhabit the psyche along with the conscious personality that we know ourselves to be. There is the official and public person that Jung called the persona. This is more or less identified with ego consciousness and forms the psychosocial identity of the individual. Yet it's also like the shadow, ego alien, although the ego is more at ease with it because it's compatible with social norms and mores. The shadow personality is hidden away from sight and comes out only on special occasions. The world is more or less unaware of this person. 
The persona is much more evident. It plays an official role daily of adaption to the social world. Having a beard, shaving, cutting your hair, changing your makeup, changing the way you dress, persona. Shadow and persona are like two brothers for a man or sisters for a woman. One is out in public and the other is hidden and all away and reclusive. They are a study in contrast. Okay, so that's Dr. Stein. So I would like to also talk about how the shadow, the term shadow is um, not expansive enough to contain what is happening. I think a better term for shadow would be the unknown other. After all, it is ego alien. So the ego can't say, this is another part of me. This is my shadow. If it's ego alien, it's an unidentified other. The unknown other. Um, as we talked about it in um, Jamp and the resolution of the glitch. Talked about the unknown other. What Young refers to and Dr. Stein referred to as the shadow. Okay. So what does not go into the ego, what the ego rejects, what would the ego reject? So if you're being raised by a Christian fundamentalist family, your ego would reject ideals of other religions. If you grew up in a conservative Islamic religious family, um, that would mean that you would not um, be open to other religions. Whatever the case may be, it depends on who and what and where the programming comes from. Is the programming helpful? Is the programming hurtful? And that's where the two aspects start to split. What the ego tolerates is what the ego believes it's it has to hold on to to survive. What makes it whole? So if it has to be tenacious, it will become tenacious because that's a survival mechanism. But what happens to those aspects that you don't need to be tenacious over? Well, they, they would go into the to the unconscious, to the unknown other. The ego's awareness of this unknown other is only that it can operate when the ego refuses to. That's the deal. The other deal is that the ego doesn't know about it. Whatever you're going to do, don't tell me. Just do it. So now we have these three characters 
So these three characters are a reflection of the self. All aspects of the psyche are reflections of the self. Ego consciousness is a reflection of the self's understanding. That ego that you start to develop is the ego that will help you survive in later life. It's also the ego you let go of as you become more integrated and individuated. Okay, so let's go back to uh, Doctor really quickly. Who are the yeah. three Who are the three characters that you just referred to? So the ego, the okay. shadow or unknown other. Okay. And the persona. Okay, thank you. So for the for what Doctor Stein says is for the man it would be his brothers, and for the woman it would be her sisters. And if you're non-binary, then your brothers and sisters are, all are non-binary. But they are who you are. But not exactly you. Mm. There is a form of separation between the three. Which refers to the term the alien ego. <clears throat> Personalities, mm. feeling, beings, uh, a reflection of the archetype not that is um has its function in required times to support the ego in survival say that's pretty yes cool. and also independent of it mm -hmm. so if the if the self as the architect of the psyche if the self is if these aspects of all psychic aspects are a mirror of the psyche, of, of the self, sorry. Sorry, I was using that interchangeably. The complexes are a reflection of that which is greater, of the archetype of the self. The archetype of the self contains all these different complexes. And within these complexes, there is differentiation. Dr. Lisa, at the same time, the differentiation, there is a recognition and a disassociation between the three. Talk about the recognition part. The I recognition is that I know you're here. Mm -hmm. So the ego recognizes the persona as a necessity. Right. I know you're here, we have to work together. The, but it won't recognize the unknown other or the shadow. It will say, mm -hmm. I don't know about them, just in case they do something. So I don't get blamed for it. It's not really, I don't know. I kind of know, but I don't want to talk about it. <clears throat> I want them to do their own. I, I, I don't want to know. You know, and that's why the ego will say, oh, I was drunk, you know, you know, I was out of it. I don't know what you're talking about. I think you're mistaken. I think you were drunk. 
<laughs> maybe you were I. I I don't know because I I don't remember this conversation ever happening. So denial, 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 right? Or as the young kids say, it wasn't me. But I saw you. No, it wasn't me. Okay, so it wasn't you. So who was this, and how does this become an aspect of our everyday existence? Right? How, do, how does this work? So now what you're going out with into the world, Dr. Lisa, if you can imagine, um, you have to get ready for your world. So your persona sits in front of the mirror. That's your persona. This is okay. Do you have your game face on? That's your persona. Am I dressed for this persona? <laughs> The ego says things like, am I ready? And then answers the question. Of course you're ready. The voice of doubt then comes from the shadow. You're not ready. The stronger, the louder the voice of the ego, the more consolidated the ego is, the less... You hear the shadow, which is always dangerous, by the way. Which aspect? <clears throat> to hear the shadow or not hear the shadow? <laughs> to be oblivious to the shadow. Very dangerous to be oblivious to the shadow. You know, when you're a teenager, you start to see aspects of yourself that you hadn't seen before. They start to come out, right? Because you're less afraid of death. You're more willing to take risks in group. Teenagers actually are um, pretty conservative, except when it comes in a form of group and it's a group activity and they have to show off. No, then they become wild and reckless. They become dangerous. <laughs> That's very true. So if they're driving a car by themselves, research shows they're just as conservative as a 28, 35 or 37 year old. But if they're driving a car with three other kids in the car, their age, then you have chaos. Then they're more likely to hit something or drive off of something. They're 70% more likely to do something stupid or have an accident. So recognition of shadow, actually, if... There are young children who says, you know, um, mommy said this is the bad me. This is how you recognize that there's already a differentiation. There's a good me and there's a bad me and mommy said. And suddenly they become conscious of it. Right? The sooner you're conscious of the complex, that means the complex has been triggered by an emotional trauma. Can I, you know, I just thought of something. Can I give a <clears throat> connective point between what you're saying, which is wonderful, and I want you to continue on with that, of course, and the series that we were watching, which was about sociopathy. And um, I, I'd like to make a point about that if I could. So can I continue? Okay. Um of course, in the early days, and I'm saying 16, 1700s, 
everybody that showed those kinds of personality traits were called mad. They were mad, mad, mad. It's a mad, mad world. And then they were called crazy. And then they were called lunatics because everybody thought that it was had something to do with the moon, the lunar cycle. And so they called them lunatics. And they didn't understand that the reason there was so much crime and so many killings that took place during the lunar cycle is because there were no, unlike modern days, there were no streetlights anywhere. People walked around with torches. It was dark everywhere. And so when the full moon was up, that was the greatest amount of light where people could walk and not walk into a tree, basically. Mm. So that's when the most crimes were committed. But then the French, and I, one of the few things that the French, and I'm half French, other than winning the World Cup a year ago, they usually don't win at anything. Mm. But there was a French psychologist that came up with a brilliant, brilliant idea of sociopaths. He called it la folie de raison honte, which means the folly of reasoning. In, in, other, in English, it's called the reasoning madness. He saw that these people were mad. They were off kilter, but by gosh, they had a lot of reasoning power. Mm. Their, their mind had not gone astray. It was not. This was not schizophrenic. This was not many of the other uh, medical diseases of the brain that we see where people lose cognitive powers. These people retain their cognitive powers and abilities, but use them in a horrific way. And, and I think in, in the series that we've just been watching with all of these sociopaths, we see a reasoning madness. They understand they, their logic is a little bit different, but my gosh, there's a logic to it. I understand there, there, that logic. The, the 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 logic the the logic that is coherent to the understanding of why I did what I did. <clears throat> yes, even though it's not really comprehensible by a rational mind. So let's take your point. So if we go with that, then what we're, we're staring at is that this is part of the ego. This is why the madness is rational. It's mm. part of ego functioning. Oh, well said. So what resides in the shadow is the elements that contain the responsible empathic part of you that has been disassociated and disconnected into the shadow mm. that has been disconnected and disassociated from because of emotional physical sexual um, psychological psychological abuse yes very well put together dr lahab and if those components are together in a certain way, that formula will create 
somebody who could become sociopathic. If the elements, if the temperature, if the violence, if the control, if the manipulation, if it's not haphazard. Yeah. If it simmers long enough, especially through childhood and if early development. Systematic. Yes. What what you're saying is it's systematic. It goes on for long periods of time. Yes. And it walks through and it does the things that it does to that. Yes. Thank you. Murray Stone says here on page 108, what ego consciousness rejects becomes shadow. What it positively accepts and identifies with and absorbs into itself becomes a part of itself and of the persona. This absorption of the shadow is characterized by selfishness and is incompatible with the conscious ego and the persona. And it 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 feeds itself and becomes a greater complex. Yes. Takes over. Yes. So actually the more the the more the energy of the ego is based on um, control, power, selfishness. Um, the ability not to care about the other. The more that ego becomes twisted in a way that it starts to create this sociopathic type of character mm -hmm. because to be able to do these things that you believe you would have to clear away for yourself and that means there are people standing in your way what if you didn't like somebody standing in front of your car <clears throat> the sociopath would take revenge but we wouldn't call it revenge We'd call it acceptable that they had crossed somebody. Or it's a different form of control. It's a form of control of controlling the other by form of creating pain. I think it's, it's, it looks to me also as another going back to the survival it requires this release in order for it to function and, and move on and not be possessed by something else that is driven by. Yeah. Oh, that's a very good point, Dr. Yes. Lisa. It, it can't function without following through on this idea that they have. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's self-perpetuating. Mm -hmm. I can relate to what she just said. Yeah. So it's self-perpetuating. And if it's self-perpetuating, um, it draws on the same energy. It's not big enough to take in more energy. It's just big enough to keep pumping along this idea, this narrative that what Dr. Eric uh, referred to earlier as the rationale of the madman. There's a narrative. And it's the rationale of madness. But there is a narrative. There's a logic. It might yeah, not be your logic. It might right. not be the logic of those who agree on norms or socially appropriate etiquette. But for them, that's a logic. 
<clears throat> yeah, and this and Dr. Lahab, this reasoning madness, it makes sense to me because when I hear, and especially in the series that we just watched, when they interview these sociopaths, violent sociopaths, their their madness has a lot of reasoning to it. Ooh. I mean, they, they you, whether you agree with it or not, you can see the logical reasoning that they have behind it, especially when you understand the trauma and the abuse that they experienced. Yes. So what you connected to is not that they're logical or that their reasoning is appropriate. What no, we're it's not appropriate. To, no, no, I, I know. What we're connecting it to is that you could understand the series of events that led them to accept this as a logical way of explaining how this functions in the world. Precisely. Thank you. So, but I don't agree with it. Just let no, everybody no, no, know. I, I, do. I don't no, agree no, with it. We, it's we, not appropriate. We what, what, I, what I'm trying to delineate or clarify is that sometimes language is obscure and we want to be a little bit more precise about language. And what I mean appropriate, I mean, we do not condone this. Absolutely. What we're, what, what we're discussing is its evolution and how it's seen through this lens, because what we're going to talk about is the most extreme of that lens. Yes. No, I'm, I'm, I'm glad uh, you said all that. I'm I'm just saying that I'm trying to understand them the way on on a the way John Douglas did. I, I mean, I'm sorry. The way, uh, gosh, what's his name in the series? Holden. Uh, who? Holden. Yeah, the way Holden did. He's trying to understand why they think and feel the way they do. And as a psychologist, I want to understand that. It has nothing to do with condoning yes. it. So no, no, no. I'm uh, I'm just I'm just clarifying language. Yeah, no, um, I'm glad you are. Um what we what we are discussing is the series. What we would like to discuss is the series uh called Mind Hunters. And we haven't gotten into it because what we wanted to do is give a an overview of Young's understanding of the psyche. Because that's what we're going to use to explain what is going on. So for people to understand that we're using a certain modality, um, I, if you could tell by now, we are the IFC's individuation podcast. So we do use a lot of Young. So um, what Young is talking about in psychological terms of how the evolution of what happens happens. How do you have a Hitler? How do you have a Stalin? How do you have a Saddam? How do you have a Kemper? How do you have um, a Jeffrey Dahmer? Yeah. A Putin. How do you get these characters? Where do they come from? What? How do they evolve? How do they function? How do they think? Why do they think the way they think? Why? Why do they feel so superior to others? Because there is a superiority feeling of superiority. So it's a, a two-way thing that goes on. 
It's I am superior to you because I don't acknowledge any of your mores or socially appropriate behavior. Well, wow, what a great point. Thank you. Thank you. So for the for for the serial killers and the sociopaths, that's what they say. So yes. I, I I am way I am way out of your league because the things that I am willing to do and think of and participate in, Dr. Lisa, are things that would curl the hair on the back of your neck. They think everyone else is stupid. Mm. They really do. So only compared to them. Dr. Lisa, you had a thought? Um, my, my thought goes to, we are all on a spectrum <laughs> of all of these qualities. And the examples that we give are on an extreme. Oh, yes, of course. Yes. Um, we all contain, and I love your terminology of the unknown other. Mm. Um, and without understanding the unknown other, you, we also need to understand the ego and the persona. And um, so I'd love to talk more about all three aspects. Um, the yeah. <laughs> so the persona, the persona is the front of the office. Yeah. Right. There is a back of the office. We don't know what those people do. They're kind of secretive. They run their own circles. They have their own agendas. Their own inspirations. The middle of the office is kind of in charge. You know, they kind of run the place. But they mm -hmm. don't listen. They, they, they maintain a wall between them, a glass wall between them and the back of the office. Yeah, they're the managers. So just in case something happens... They can deny that they were involved. So what happens? For example, you go out with a friend and uh, you've been attracted to them for a long time and you've kept your mouth shut and suddenly you've had a couple of drinks and all of it blurts out. You wake up in the morning and you're like, oh my God, what did you do? Okay, so now you have a cleanup crew, right? So who's the cleanup crew? Well, first, you have to get yourself situated. So your persona has to say, well, you need to look good so you don't look crazy. Uh, blame it on the crazy other. Blame it on uh, feelings because you were lonely. Let's say you're a warrior archetype and you get into hot water. Yes. And you know that a, a discussion is going to come up. So as a warrior, you're going to go in saying, I need to look calm, yeah. selected, yeah. in control. Yeah. I need to yeah. look like um, I am stalwart and yes. um, un unflappable. Yes. And I need a weapon just yes. in case to scare okay. the conversation in a different in a different I mean, way, just in case mm -hmm. all else fails, just I'll pick up my weapon and put it on the table. I mean, recall these are my these are the things that I could say or prove. Yeah, yeah. and I am prepared. <clears throat> and if I don't yeah. have a weapon, what I'm going to do is I'm going to say failure to abide by any weapons that I had. It's because I'm emotionally drained, and I took it towards you. So the persona is that prepared, contained person that you want to present 
Yes, the more the more alien the persona is to the ego, it's almost like you have people functioning in different ways and they don't know they're functioning in that way. So you'll have somebody who will go out in the world, they'll put on their makeup, they'll put on their mask, they'll put on their suit, they'll put on whatever and go out in the world. And they will act like this thing, this entity. And then that entity comes home and takes off its clothes and kind of changes and suddenly that persona, that persona is gone. And now something else takes over. Well, Dr. Lisa brought up a good point, but let me add this real quickly. Uh, it's something that I've been involved in for a long time, and that is um, the pure, I'm talking about the purest warrior, the one who follows the Bushido, the one who follows the way of the warrior, and who is alone. They're called Ronin. R-O-N-I-N. They don't have a master that they're serving. They're wandering, trying to wonder where to serve. They have an attitude that recognizes, and this is what I appreciate about the Ronin more than any other warrior, is that they understand that they need to analyze their own behaviors in order to understand whether it was pure to the Bushido, the way of the warrior. And they're able to, to reflect and then change, literally change some of their ways because of what they because of some of their actions in the past. So they're not they're not stuck on a conveyor belt the way a lot of people think they are. They're not. That's the pure warrior. So I wanted to distinguish the pure warrior from the regular warrior, if I may. Thank you very much. We're thinking of purity in terms of... This. Go ahead, Dr. Lisa. I was going to say before we move on to your point, yeah. it could also be commonly called as an integrated warrior. Mm. So very good. This of what you just described as an integrated individual. Thank you, Lisa. And, and why am I surprised that you came up with that term? <laughs> I mean, come on, you're Lisa, you're Dr. Lisa, come on. So if you think about, if you think about how the warrior represent, is represented in um, Ronin, what you're looking at is more of the devotion to the archetype, what Dr. Eric is calling the pure warrior. That's more of a devotion to the archetype. It's a more of a the archetype as a religion. The way of the warrior. The way of the warrior. Then it is as a we're talking about the archetypal, the the archetype that is out there that is not the Ronin, because the, the Ronin is one extreme of the warrior archetype. The other extreme of the warrior archetype is the assassin. Right, they're not rolling. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They're on the other side, and they, you know, they're rent to hire. They will take. They're sociopaths, Doctor Lahab. That's correct, Doctor Eric. Um, but this is this is where we find 
those on the other end, these are the ones how the they vacillate between one extreme and the other extreme, right? So the 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 recent killings at a in Idaho at the university yeah. mm -hmm. uh, by this kid. I think I I think he's a sociopath. I think he's a serial killer. I think that he got caught. He actually had sent out a survey to ask uh, questions about how to get away with things. How to how would one get away with something? He had a survey on Survey Monkey. About how to get away. So glad he was caught. I'm yeah. so glad. No, no, he this... was dead. He definitely a serial killer in the making. Oh, he, this and... just thirsted him. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. So glad he was caught. Yeah, because it's so dangerous. But they get away with one, and they go on these streaks of killing. Yeah. Until they're stopped. Because and as the other. And as the other serial killers would say that we saw not only in books and other literature, but in the, in the series that we saw, he got a taste for it. That's the thing they always say, yeah. all of them, he got a taste for it. Yeah. There is something, there is something, and this is, this is where, when we talk about evil and where evil resides. Evil does not reside in the in the shadow. Evil resides in the ego. Oh, thank you for saying that. That's powerful. The ego is where evil resides because the ego is the part of you that decides to do something that is evil. Evil requires consciousness. That's really good, Dr. Lahab. Right? I'm glad this is recorded because I want to watch this again. This is about how how the evolution of a child, a human child, into what people would call later as monsters, right? Because they're unreal because of the damage they created, the killings they the amount of pain they inflicted on so many people. That's interesting, monsters, right? that's interesting because that's uh, interesting because because one of the partners in the series that we've been watching, Mindhunter, he wrote a book in real life called Monsters Among Us. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. Very good book. Yeah. So um what we're what we're planning to do in this series is we're going to talk about the characters we're going to talk about um the different serial killers that they catch and interview we're going to talk about the conversations they're having and how it's affecting them uh more importantly how it's affecting them psychologically emotionally spiritually um, their intimate life, how is it affecting them? How is it taking a toll on them being human, right? Because they're 
there is an aspect to the serial killer that's non-human, right? Because they feel that people are alien to them. They need to dissect them. They need to look inside of them to know how they function. They, they don't see themselves. They lack that empathy. They don't see themselves in the other. So we're going to talk about all these different aspects of, we've been talking about fairy tales and evil in fairy tales of what constitutes evil in fairy tales. And if you look at fairy tales, people who are doing evil are very conscious of it. They don't say, oh, no, that wasn't me or I wasn't thinking. No, they say, yeah, this is exactly what I wanted to do. You know, just look at Escobar. This is exactly what I wanted to do. With that, we're going to get into more of these ideas and stories around how these, and maybe if we don't answer the underlying questions of how they are created, maybe what we can do is fill in some holes, maybe some ideas about what can happen, what can go wrong. Maybe, maybe how to become more aware of what's happening. If you see some, if you, if you are part of something, if you, if you have pain, if you, because what ultimately uh, contributes to this is trauma and disassociation, right? Treatment is required before things get out of hand. So we will be back next week with another episode of the IFC's Individuation Podcast, as, as we always sign off at the IFC. I am not afraid. I am not afraid. We are not afraid, and we are the IFC, and we'll be back next week. Take care, everyone. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the IFC's Individuation Podcast. We hope you enjoyed hearing from Dr. Eric Tomlinson, Dr. Lisa Hong, and Dr. Al Samurai. We'd also like to thank Eric and Lisa for taking the time to join us. You can also find us on the IFC's YouTube. Make sure to check out the Jam and Stupor Training's Magician's Call podcast as well. Tuning in next time to the IFC's Individuation Podcast for another episode soon. The IFC is a not-for-profit institution. We do not have any paid advertising for our podcast, but we do accept donations. All donations and contributions are tax-deductible. You can find more info at theinstituteforconflict.com. Thank you.